0: So, the title of my message today is God's Master Plan for You. God's Master Plan for You. God's Master Plan for You. If you look at uh, the building that we're in right now, this building we're in right now, if you go to the origin, like when you know they were going to build it, you'll find out that the first thing they had to do was to create a plan. That's the first thing. If you want to build anything, you have to create a plan, a master plan. And then as it's being constructed, that is what you are going to be following. That is what you are going to submit to the city uh, for approval and all that. And they're going to be looking at every aspect of that plan, whether you are executing it the way you said it's supposed to be executed. Everything requires a plan. Cities are planned. Nations are planned. Uh, Businesses are planned. Even families should be planned. All right. So, planning is something that is part of our lives. It's something that is part of our lives. And we didn't just start planning on our own, we inherited it from a God who plans. God is a planning God. God is a planner. If you look at the whole universe and see how intricately designed they are, if you look at you know just how everything works, all the laws of nature, you look at our bodies, you look at you know the the, the, the ecosystem, the solar system, all this stuff, you will see that there was a there was a plan for all these things. So we have a God who Plans. And in the Bible, a lot of references are in there that speak about the plan of God, the plan of God, the plans of God, the plan of God, the plan of God. In fact, as we begin to study the plans of God this month, you will discover that some of God's plans, are, you know, God planned it before we were even conceived, before we were even born, before, we, before the foundation of the world, like the Bible will say, God's, God thought about some things that he was going to do with you, even Heons before you were formed so we're going to be exploring the plans of god that's why we called it an exponential plan because why do we call it the exponential plan because it's just a plan that you know it goes on into eternity just goes on goes on it's it's magnificent it's great so so let's what we want to do today is an introduction we want to look at some aspects of that plan and then in subsequent weeks we start digging into finding it, working in it, and just even deeper dimensions. But what I want us to do today is to look at, it's just like describing the plan of God, right, from Scripture, you know, and seeing the various elements of the plan for every one of us. So let's go ahead and begin to do that uh, this morning. All right? So it's obvious, you know, introducing... God has a plan for our lives. Somebody say, God has a plan for my life. God has a plan for my life. Yeah. So when we follow this plan for our lives, it leads us to the highest and most fulfilling kind of life. Now, when you are in in this world, you can live different kinds of lives. When you are in this world, you can live a life that is not maximized. You can live a life, you can live a life of your own choice that doesn't measure up to the standard of what God asks for you. You notice that when Jesus was on the earth, people would come and meet him like that rich young ruler. Master, master, how can I have eternal life? Basically what they ask, how can I have that higher kind of life that you, that you speak about? So there are different qualities of life that you can live while you are here and in eternity. Different quality of life. That you can live. But if you want to live the highest quality of life. Follow God's plan for your life. Not other people's plans. God's plans for your life. It's what you should follow. If you follow God's plans for your life. If you find it and follow it. You are going to live the highest quality of life. That God has planned for you. So that's uh, why we want to take time. To study what. God's plan is for us. Now, the second thing I would like to say in introducing this is that this plan of God is not forced on you. Amen. God is the perfect gentleman, the most perfect gentleman that ever existed. He does not force anything on anybody. It's, you know, it's, will you please? That's how it, <laughs> will you please? Will you please? You know, you know that was it presents it to us, Yes. Amen. but it doesn't force us to walk in it. It summons us. It calls us, right? It motivates or It moves us towards it, but it would never force us to walk in it. Amen. So that's very important for you to know that you have a choice. And there are many uh, passages, you know, uh, if you look at your outline, there are many passages in there, but I, I, I put two there. Where God will have something and he will tell people, you know what, you have a choice. You do. You have a choice. You know, let's look at the the first passage there in uh, Jeremiah 21, verse 8. He told the people, he said to the people, you shall say, Thus says the Lord, behold, I set before you the way of life and the way of death. I set before you the way of what? Life Life and the way of death. So make your choice. Choose. Choose. He continues to say those who, you know, those who choose life. You know, do this. And those who choose death, you do this. But you see that the choice is there. Also in Deuteronomy chapter 30 verse 19, it said, Today I have given you a choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and the earth to witness the choice you make. Hold that you will choose life so that you and your descendants might live so this plan that we're talking about is not going to be forced on us we're going to have to choose it we're going to have to make the choice ourselves so i want to choose god's plans for me and that choice is a continual choice do yes. you get it we have to continue making that choice i want to choose god's plans for me not my home plans or not uh, another person's plans i want to choose god's plans for me okay yes. so we need to know that yeah we need to know that our choice is involved We have to choose to work in it. And that's why we got to know what it is all about. So I want to talk to you about, uh, I think about six or them or so, or five (laughs) or so dimensions of this plan. So the first thing is, it's a magnificent plan. It's a magnificent plan. It's a what? Magnificent plan. It's a magnificent plan. So... (laughs) I want to know what this plan entails. Where is it going to lead me? If I follow God's plans, where is he going to lead me? What's the quality of life that I'm going to have? It's a magnificent plan. How many of you would like a magnificent life? Yes. There's nothing wrong in saying, I want that. Yes, it's a magnificent plan. So let's look at some things that God said about his plans. Uh, the first one there... In, uh, in Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10. Let's read this passage. Ephesians 2 and verse 10. There he says, For we are God's masterpiece. I'm reading the NLT. He said, For we are God's masterpiece, and he has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so that we can do the good things he has planned for us. A long time ago, everybody say good things. Good Good things. things. The good things. The good things. I love. I. I. I, In in the in the outline, I emphasize good things. Everybody say after me. Say God's plans for me. God's plans for me involves good things. Involves good things. Good things. Good things. Good works. Good things. Good things. It's a magnificent plan that contains good things. The plans he has for you are good, good, not evil. They are good. What does good mean? It means that the plan that he has for you ultimately is going to reflect the nature of God. It's going to, God is good. God is a good God. So the plans he has for you will ultimately have to reflect his nature. So whatever you see, you see in Christ while Jesus was on the earth because he came to show us God's nature, right? That is what he wants you to experience in his plans for you too. Jesus was our ultimate example of somebody who followed God's plans. Amen. And that's the kind of plan, that's the kind of life that he also wants every one of us to have. Good things. So what is, you know, just try and meditate on that and think about it. What does it mean for a plan to have good things, to have good works attached to it? God has good things planned for you. Fulfillment in life, a purposeful life. Good things involves family, a family that you you live with, that you work with. We're going to talk more about that. Good things involve, you know, what you do the impact you make in this world, you know, and all that good things. They are good things and they are bad things. They are evil things. But God, God's plans for us involves good things. Amen. So take some time to meditate, you know, on that, you know, sometime as you listen to this message again and say, what does, what does it mean? What, 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 what does this mean for my life? You know, I like to make this statement. I've been doing that a lot, saying that a lot now. I said this day, is this scripture fulfilled in my life? You know, so every scripture, every passage, just like Jesus said, This day, he was quoting Isaiah to them. I said, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your life. You know, say, This day is fulfilled in my life. I'm working in God's plans and it contains good things. So, Lord, what does the good things mean? Take some time to meditate on that. But there are good things planned for you. Amen. Yes. Amen. Somebody say, good things, good things are planned for me. Love it. If I came here and said, You know, guys, today for the service, I have some good plans for you after this service some good things are planned Hey, <laughs> some good things are planned today after this service you know you start getting excited like hey wait what, what's the good? What, you know what's the good thing you know is it the food is it the you know is it is a surprise that's for us how about we start living our lives that way with expectation we wake up in the morning and say God I wonder what it is that you have planned for me today What's the good thing that you have planned for, for me today? You know that start living with expectation. I love the way somebody used to say. they said, "When you woke up in the morning, you would say something good is about to happen to me today." Amen. Everybody say after me, say something good is about to happen to me today. No, wake up in the morning and say that something good is about to happen to me today because God's plans for me are good. good. There's something good waiting for me for the rest of this year. There's something good waiting for me for the rest of my life because God's. Plan for me is good. Can you say that? Everybody say something good is waiting for me. Something good is waiting for me. The rest of this year. The rest of this year. Something good is waiting for me. Something good is waiting for me. Uh, for the rest of my life. For the rest of my life. Because God's plans for me. Because God's plans for me. They are good. <laughs> so, so the way we wake up or the way we feel most of the time is not necessarily the way things are. Do you get what I'm saying? So we have to be able to separate our feelings from the way things are. So how do we know the way things are from the Word of God? That's faith. So now, but we face these feelings. How do you practically deal with these feelings? So you need to understand, and this is for everybody, because that's a powerful question that she asks, that everybody goes through. Feelings are actually thoughts that became emotions. So every feeling that you have, there's a thought behind it. If you are feeling bad right now, I can ask you. I said, what's the overriding thought Mm. that's behind that feeling? If you think through, it's either, oh, I am not this. Oh, this is not happening. Oh, maybe this is going to happen and all that. That's what is behind it. So thoughts are actually the root of feelings. So now how do you change feelings? You change the thoughts. But the way one of the mistakes that I used to make was that then I used to fight, try to fight the thoughts with my own thoughts. So I will start to think positive. No. But later I learned that you don't fight thoughts with thoughts. You fight thoughts with words. You get a out of your mouth. So if you are trying to think it and think it and think it, it's tougher. Yes. You notice Jesus went through the same temptation, right? Yes. When the devil came to tempt him, what did he do? He said... It is written. He kept on saying it is written. It is written. So you fight thoughts with words. So practical ways that when you begin to feel that way, right? Pick up the passage of scripture and just open your mouth and say that. I feel this way. I'm not denying the way I feel. But this is the truth. And this is what I am going to say. If you keep saying it like that. And you maintain that during the day, it comes to your mind again, you speak the word. You can take one passage that you speak, you speak that word, you speak that word. After a while, your thoughts start getting trained in the positive rather than being used to the negative. In fact, I can tell you that it gets to a point in your life that the negative thought is the one that will feel like the way the positive thought feels now. You understand, like you know, because you are so positive that people will say, "Ah, don't you have any problem and all that?" But the problem is there. But you train yourself to think so positively, you understand, that you find it even hard to accept that. But it takes training; it takes some time, you know, for that to happen. But that's a very great question. Thank you. All right. So you, so you say. Good, everybody say, good, say good, things ahead of me. good things ahead of me. Yeah, wake up in the morning and say it and say something good we'll is about sing. to happen, or sing it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something good is about to happen to me. Goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, Amen. and I will dwell in the presence of God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Everybody say a magnificent, plant. A magnificent plan. plan. So, the first one is the plan contains good things. Under magnificent plan, look at the other passage, it says. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper and not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. This was a promise given to Israel while they were in captivity. But you know, those promises are transferable to us. Yes. Do you understand what I'm saying? But look at what it says. It talks about plans to prosper you basically prosperity there the word used for prosperity in in that place is the word shalom which means peace everybody say peace, peace. wholeness completeness that's the word used there so it said the plants that i have for you they are plants of peace amen. amen do you get what i'm saying you know you know it's shalom right you know plants of peace of everything together nothing missing nothing broken. nothing broken peace in your heart peace in your life in other words I need you to start believing that and start saying it, that no matter the, the storm that I might be going through right now, no matter what might seem to be missing in my life right now, the plans of God for me are plans of peace. Amen. Do you get what I'm saying? They are plans of peace. Meaning that there's something he has planned and that is what I choose to accept. The peace. The wholeness. Shalom. Shalom in your body. You might feel pain in your body. Say the plans of God involves peace in my body amen. amen it involves peace in my life in my finances in my relationships you know say it amen, amen. because that's god's promise he said not to harm you and then i love it to give you a future or a hope and a future the plans for you, of God for you is to give you a hope and what? The future. The future. Can, we, can everybody say after me right now? Say I accept this plan. I accept this plan. This plan of, peace. of peace. This plan. This plan that offers me hope. That offers me hope. This plan, this plan. That, offers that offers me a future, I boldly say, I boldly say in, response to word, in response to God's word that my future, that my future is, hopeful, is hopeful, is glorious, is, glorious is, full of peace, is full of peace because it is God's plan for me God's plan. and I choose to accept the plan. It's a magnificent plan. It's a magnificent plan. plan. Woo. Now, I'm going to read this passage. It's a longer one. It's in the message translation, but it's very, very powerful. 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 11. I want us to read it together. If you go to 1 Corinthians 2, 7, 11, 7 to 11, and let's read it in the message uh, translation. It says it's in the heartline. It says, we of course. We of course. No, don't worry. I'll read it. I'll read it. So just listen. We of course have plenty of wisdom to pass on to you once you get your feet on, him, on firm spiritual ground. But it is not popular wisdom, the fashionable wisdom of high-priced experts that will be out of date in a year or so. God's wisdom is something mysterious that goes deep into the interior of its purposes. You don't find it lined around on the surface. It is not the latest message, more like the oldest. What God determined as a way to bring out his best in us. Long before we ever arrived on the scene. The expert of our days haven't a clue about what this eternal plan is. If they had, they wouldn't have killed the master of God, of God designed life on the cross. That's why we have this scripture text. No one has ever seen anything like this. Never, as, never so much as imagined anything quite like it. What God has arranged or has planned for those who love him. But you have seen it and you have heard it. Because, because God by his spirit has brought it out, all out in the open before you. The spirit not content to flit around the surface. Dives into the depth of God and brings out what God planned all along. Whoever knows what you are thinking, except I'm planning, except you yourself. The same with God, except that He not only knows what He's thinking, but He lets us in on it. God offers a full report on the gift of life and salvation that He's giving us. We don't have to rely on the world's guesses and opinion. We didn't learn this by reading books and going to school. We learned it from God, who taught us pressing to person through Jesus, and we're passing it on to you. In the same first and personal way. Amen. Amen. Yes. But you know I love it when he says that. This you know God. has, <laughs> You know before we ever arrived on the scene. Yes. You see that, that. that place. Before we ever arrived on the scene. God has already done something. To bring us into his best. Yes he has. The plan of God involves God's best for us. I Everybody say God's best. God's best. For us. It's a magnificent plan. I'd I rather walk in God's plans than my own plans. I'd rather walk in God's plans than any other person's plans. Amen. God's plans for me is magnificent. Yeah, yeah. It's beautiful. Amen. Amen yeah. So I hope you guys have some hope from that. Yes. Amen. Do you? Yes, I have hope. God's plans for you is great. It's beautiful. However it is, it's unique for every one of us. But however it is, just understand that it is great. It's unique. Begin to believe that and declare it. Because he's a father now. He's a father. I, I'm a father. You cannot, as a, if you're a good father, you cannot, have, you cannot have any less than good plans. Wonderful plans for your children. Yes, yes. If yes. you're a good father. And, and Jesus said, if you earthly fathers, being evil, know how to give good things to your children, how much more will your heavenly father give good things to those who ask him? So say, God's plans for me are good. God's for plans me for me good. are good. Amen. I, I'm always encouraged by that. So let's go to the next one. So we're talking about dimensions of God's plans. God's, so, sorry, it's a magnification plan. I'm going to tell you what I mean by that. Right, that's number two there. It's a magnification plan. Magnification. So it's a magnificent plan, but it's a magnification plan. Let me. So the reason why, you know, I'm using this word magnification plan, not because it's an hem. I like to use the yeah. same, you know. But there's a reason, you know, behind it. So, You see, the, plans of, the plan of God for you ultimately leads to the glory of God. Amen. Do you get it? Amen. The plan of God for you ultimately leads to the glory of God. In other words, what God has planned for you will eventually magnify God. Amen. Yes, Amen. Do you get it? In fact, the very purpose of God for our lives while we are here... Is so that we can glorify him and magnify him. Amen. So that's why I call it a magnification plan. Mm-hmm. Everybody say after me, say I am here. I'm here to, bring glory to, God. to bring glory to God. Say, I am here, I'm here to magnify, the name, to magnify of God. the name of God. As I walk in God's plans for me, as I walk in God's plans for me, God's name is magnified. God is glorified. God is glorified. God is glorified. That is planned for us. Planned. So let's look at some of those uh, passages, you know, in there. Um, one second. L- let's look at uh, the, f- uh, the first one in there. That's uh, John chapter 17, verse-, verse 4. John chapter 17, verse 4. This is Jesus Christ. And like I told you, we always want to look at Jesus Christ, who is our ultimate example. Amen. Right? When Jesus finished his work on the earth, what God has told him to do, John 17 verse 4, look at what he said. He said, I have brought glory to you here on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. I brought glory to you by completing the work. In other words, when we execute the plan that God has for us, it ultimately leads to God's glory. In fact, that should be the motivation of our lives. Yes. That's the motivation of the plan. It's to bring glory to God. It's to magnify Him. Amen. Amen. Romans chapter 11, verse 36. This is the Living Bible. The Living Bible says, Everything comes from God alone. Everything lives by His power. And everything is for His glory. Everything is for His glory. glory. Amen. Somebody say, my life is for His glory. My life is for His glory. My life is for His glory. glory. Proverbs 16 verse 4 says, the Lord has made everything for His own purposes. So I'm telling you that a dimension of God's plans for you is that it's ultimately to magnify God and to give God glory. Amen. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 3 says, for God has planted them like strong and graceful oaks for his glory, or that he may be glorified. Amen. So the reason why he does everything, you know, w- 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 you know in, in his plans is so that we can give him glory. So it's a magnification plan. He has created all things for His pleasure, for His glory. Amen. Amen. So, what does that mean? You know, we've read the passage. What does it mean? It means. It means. It simply means that the plan of God. As you walk in God's plans, that's how God gets the ultimate glory. That's how He gets the ultimate glory. If you walk outside of His plan, that doesn't glorify Him. Yes. And then the reason why we are seeking to walk in God's plan, so that we can magnify Him. So I want to be able to magnify him in my my home. I want to be able to magnify him in my workplace. I want to be able to magnify him in my city. I want to be able to magnify his name in in Oglow Church, in Rogers Park, in the North Shore. Everywhere he he places you, the plan leads to God's magnification. So I say it in the leading life story, and I'll tell people, I said, what if you come up with a situation that looks like it's not the glory of God? I say, it's, it's a choice you have to make. Turn into the glory of God. Turn your challenges into praises. Turn whatever you face into the glory of God. Start praising God. That's what Jesus taught us. Just... Turn it to the glory of God because that's ultimately what you were created for. And just begin to praise God in that situation. Amen. 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 Because that's his plan. This is the will of God in everything that you give thanks. Amen. That's the will of God for you in Christ Jesus. So it's a magnification plan. Amen. Amen. So every day of my life, Lord, I want to magnify you. With everything that I have, I want to magnify you. Amen. And Lord, I want to walk in your plans because as I walk in your plans, I will, be alt- I will be able to magnify you in the ultimate way. Amen. By the time I leave this world, I want to be able to say, like Jesus Christ, I have done what you've told me to do. I've executed your plan and I have brought glory to you in this Amen. world. Amen. Amen. Do you guys get it? Amen. Is this simple enough? Yes. yes. Okay, number three. <laughs> number three. Number three. Number three. Number three. It is a mutual plan. I think number three is repeated. It's a mutual plan. It was a mutual plan. (laughs) It's a mutual plan. So I put it in there. What does it mean? The word mutual means directed by each towards the other. Having the same feeling one for the other or sharing or shared in common, or joint. So the last, the last definition is what I mean, really mean, when I say it's a mutual plan. So listen, I want you to pay attention. This plan of God for you is not a plan that you can execute alone. You need other people. God has planned it in such a way that his plans for you can only be fulfilled in community, in family. So a dimension of his plan is Family. It's people, or people that you work with to fulfill it. There is no way I will be able to work in God's plan ultimately if there are no other people with me doing life with me. Same thing for every one of us. God did it in such a way that it's dependent on the family. So for the low rangers in this place, for the people who feel that, oh yeah, I can do it all on my own, it's not possible. God didn't, God didn't plan it that way. You're going to need a family. So his plan, it's plan for you involves a family. It involves people that will spoil you on when you are tired. Do you get what I'm saying? It involves people that will pray for you. People that will watch over you. People that will, that will correct you whenever you need to be corrected. People that will challenge you whenever you need to be challenged. People that will weep with you whenever there's a need to weep. People that will laugh with you when it's time to laugh. People that will rejoice with you when it's time to rejoice. People that will eat with you. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. People that will do it with you, do life with you. His plan involves community. So that's why it's a mutual plan. Amen. So part of what we're going to be learning is that to be able to work in God's plans, we're going to have to learn to build relationships. We're going to have to learn to, 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 you know, to maximize the relationships that God puts around us. Amen. Somebody says a mutual plan. mutual plan. Now let's look at some passages concerning that. Uh, in Ephesians 1 4. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 4. I think this is the NLT. It says, Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through jesus christ you will see that in the plan of god family his family is involved because if his family is not involved he won't adopt us He will just say okay 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 yeah i plan for you so do it on your own but he first of all adopted us into his own family Amen. i want everybody in this place to know that there's a family that you've been adopted into Thank you. if you have received jesus you are not without family you know, for many of us in this place, our families are maybe far off. They are not in this state or they are not in this country. But you know, I'm talking about our natural family. But I want you to know that you have another family that is here. This is your family. Thank you. And the way we're supposed to live in this plant is that we're supposed to stand with one another. Fight with one another. Whatever we have belongs to the other. That's the way God planned it. We're a family. Amen. Amen. Don't you love that? I'm glad that God's plan involves family and it's not an individual plan. I cannot succeed on my own. I need other people. Look at First Peter 2 9, the next one. He said, But you are a chosen race. A race. You are a royal priesthood. And you are a holy what? A nation. You are a holy nation. A people of God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. But I love the word nation there. He calls us a nation. He calls us a people. Amen. So we are not individual. God doesn't just see us as individuals. He wants us to live within a family. So his plan is mutual. Jesus said in John 15, verse 5, I am the vine and you are the branches. So is the vine. We are branches. So what does that mean? That's talking about connectedness, right? Because the vine cannot... Sorry, the branch cannot produce fruit except it's connected to the vine. So listen, you cannot fulfill God's plans for you except you are connected to God and connected to other believers. Do you get what I'm saying? So God's plan is a mutual plan. Wow. Children children a family let's go to the next one number four it's supposed to be number four i put number three there so that's an error number four number four hallelujah Hallelujah. it's a maturity plan it's what a maturity plan it's a maturity plan what do i mean the plan of god for you involves you to grow The plan of God involves growth. So if you are working in God's plans, you are going to be growing from one level to the other. But what's the ultimate that we're supposed to grow into? What's the goal? Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's look at some passages. It's a maturity plan. Uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 29. Romans 8:29 says, For God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son. He knew us in his plans, and in, in, sorry, in advance, and in his plans, he decided that this is going to be the goal for them. The goal for them is that they're going to, they're going to be walking towards becoming like my son. Yes. So God's plans for you involves maturity. How many of you can say that you are like Jesus completely in this place? No, that would be a lie. If <laughs> I if you say it, you know, we know that you are not like Jesus completely. <laughs> because you are lying. But that's the goal that we all are going towards. Yes, it is. It's God. It's God. That's part of his plans for us. Okay, yeah. We're to grow. So you now begin to understand why in his plan for you, even though we say God's plan for you is good, God's plan for you is my You this. Mm-hmm. You now begin to understand why in God's plans for you, you go through certain things growth, that yes. looks like it's not good. Why? Because they were designed for your growth, growing, growing pains. Yeah. If I wanted to grow in anything, my muscles, my mind, or whatever, I grow in it by lifting weights. Amen. You do. So physically, either by living, you know, lifting physical weights, right, putting some constraints on myself. Mentally, by lifting mental Mm weights, you know, I'm thinking through certain things. Mm -hmm. The same way, the way you grow spiritually to become more like Christ, right, is that you will lift some spiritual weights. Yes, Mm -hmm. you will. So that's, that's why some of the tests, the trials that we go through in life, they are not sent to destroy us. Mm-hmm. You know, in other words, in God, from God's perspective, they are not to destroy us. The devil might bring some things to destroy us, right? But from God's perspective, right, he allows these things because they are opportunities for growth. Amen. They are opportunities for us to be more like Christ. Amen. Yes. 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 Because that's part of his plans. So when you face anything or you're facing something right now, ask yourself that question. How can this thing make me to be more like Christ? Yes. Mm-hmm. How can I grow in this situation? Mm-hmm. Temptations, trials, challenges. Those things, they grow your faith. Yes, grow. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody say it's a maturity plan. A maturity plan. Remember Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, I call it the mission statement for everybody, for all mankind. Look at what it says. He said, and God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish of the sea, the birds of the air, over the livestock and over the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created us so that we can be in his image and be able to rule for him. On this earth, but there's no way we'll be able to do that except we develop in character, amen. Except we develop, you know, to be more like him in character. So that's why in God's plan for you, maturity is involved. You are gonna have to grow. We all don't start fully grown, we start like children. We have all those things, you know. We talk like children. We act like children. We have all those things that children children are afraid of this. They are afraid of that. But as we grow in Him, as we grow in Him, we start maturing. And then before you know, we start speaking differently. We start thinking differently. We start acting differently. We start loving differently. That's part of God's plan for us. Amen. So it's a maturity plan. Amen. Let me finish the the, the last two very quickly. Let's let's finish it. It's it's a ministry plan. It's a ministry plan. God's plan for you is what is a ministry plan. ministry plan. What is ministry? Ministry simply means service. Service. Yes, that's what ministry means. To, you know, it means service. That's what the word means. You go check it in the you know check it in the dictionary. It means to serve. So, basically, what I'm saying is that it's a plan that involves a service. Yes, it is. That's one dimension of God's plans. Your pl- the plan of God for you is so that you can serve somebody or some people. And in serving somebody or some people, you serve him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Right. So, for, for example, what I'm doing right now is called ministry. So what, does, what, 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 what is it? I am using a gift, something that God gave me, to serve you. And to serve those who are going to listen to it, you know, on the podcast and all that. So every one of us, there is something that we have been given yes. in His plans. It is different for every one of us. Yes. For you, it might not be teaching. For you, it might not be to be able to, you know, you know, so I, so I have taken some that to study the gifts He has given to me. Another gift is giving me is the gift of faith. So the gift of faith allows me to be able to believe God for certain things that will serve people. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this building right now is a production of the gift of faith. Yes. Yes. But look at what it is doing right now; it is serving people. Yes. Do you get what I'm saying? Yes. So we all have different gifts. So that's why you don't look at anybody and say, oh, yeah, you look at their gift and you say, oh, no, that doesn't work. Or it's not supposed to be that way. No, that might not be your own gift. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. We, are, we are gifted differently. Different differently. Because we have different service. Yeah. But all the services are necessary. Yes. You know, we just had somebody come sing to us to lead us into worship. Not everybody can do that. Mm-hmm. Right? We have other people. They are very relational. Right? Some people are very hospitable. They, are, they, 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 they can you know, welcome people very well. Some people are very caring. They are very empathetic. You know, they, they feel for people more. All of us have been given, given different gifts. And the reason why it gave us the gift is so that we can be able to serve other people with it. So it's a ministry plan. So to work in God's plan exponential plans means to find out what is my ministry. ministry? What is my assignment? Let's look at it. Look at what the way Paul said it. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 he says, "Who am I and who is Apollos that we should be the cause of a quarrel?" Why? We are just God's servants. Each of us with certain special abilities. And with our help you believed. In you know, other words, Paul, Paul, as great as he was and all that, what did he say? He said, simply, all I have, all I've been given is a, is a special ability from God. And I'm just a servant of God. So ask yourself, what is your own special ability that you have been given from God? And Paul said, I pour it into other people. That's what I do. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's a special ability from God. Amen. Ephesians 2:10. It is God who has made us what we are, and given us new lives from Christ Jesus. And long ages ago, He planned that we should spend this life. Actually, I didn't complete it. This lives in what in service or something in serving others. That's First uh, Ephesians 2:10, the Living Bible. In the service of others, that's what is there, right? In, in the service of others, He wants us to spend our lives in the service of others. Uh, in the Living Bible. TLB, you see it. He said, go, go there, he says, it is God that said who has made us what we have and given us new life from Christ Jesus. And long ago, he planned that we should spend this life in helping others. Yes. So part of God's plans is helping other people. Amen. 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 We are helpers. Helpers. We are destiny helpers. Amen. We are helpers of other people. Amen. yes that's part of his plan. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, ministry plan. a ministry plan. So, to begin a work in God's plan, I means you need to ask yourself, who, am I been, who have I been sent to help? Mm-hmm. At every point in time, who have I been sent to help? Ask yourself that question constantly. And then start helping those people. Start helping that person. Mm-hmm. Because in doing that, you are fulfilling God's plans for you. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. The, fa- the final one. You can go read all the other passages. Uh, you know there the next one is it's a missional plan Missionary. yes it's a missional missional plan it's a missional plan basically what does it mean the plan of God involves you carrying out a mission that will change the world Amen. Amen. you see guys what we're doing this month is the whole. In glow. So the G in glow is be glad. The L in glow, be loved. Family, the O in glow be outstanding. And then the W is be world changing. So what makes you outstanding in this world is your unique contribution to this world, your unique purpose in this world. So that's what we're looking into this month. So the plan of God is missional. For every one of us, you are supposed to make a difference in this world. So you need to ask yourself, and I'm going to tell you the questions you want to ask yourself as I round up on all this, you know, aspect of the plan in a moment. But it's a missionary plan. You are here on a mission. Look at this passage, John 17 verse 18, the message translation. I love it. The message translation says, Jesus was, when Jesus was, after Jesus had, you know, was about to go, he was speaking to his disciples. It says, In the same way, you give me a mission in the world. I give them a mission in the world. You know, Jesus Christ came here to die for us. He came here for a mission in the world. You too, in the same way. I love the word, in the same way. You also have been given a mission in the world. John 17, 18. You have been given a mission in this world. Somebody say, I have a mission in this world. I have a mission in this world. That is part of God's plan. for my life. life. Look at um, Acts 20 verse 24. Acts chapter 20 verse 24 said the most important thing is that I complete my mission. The work that the Lord Jesus Christ gave me. That I complete my mission. We are on a mission. The plan of God involves a mission. We are on a mission in this world. We are here to change the world. We are here to do something to bring the kingdom of God to a part of this world. We are here to fulfill a mission. So how do you fulfill that mission? (laughs) Very simple. What's the beginning of that mission? How many of you know what is uppermost in God's heart right now? Who knows what it is? The souls of people. You know, those of you that have, if you have kids in this place, if everything is going on well here and one of your kids is missing, you can't concentrate on any other thing. Right? You are, going to move, you are going to be talking to everybody. Find my children. Find my child for me. I remember when I was younger, my, my younger brother sleepwalked out of the house in Nigeria. He sleepwalked out of the house and he was missing. We couldn't find him. So, we were at home with my dad and we told my dad, we were like, uh, Doing, his name is Doing, Doing is missing. We can't find him. He was sleeping over there, but he's missing. So we went to look. My dad is this gentle, whatever. He was doing it in a gentle way. Like, okay, where is he? Okay, we're going to do all that. And after a while, I went to that, we can't find him. So I went quickly to, talk, to look for my mom. She was at our restaurant. I went there we quickly went and told her, I said, Doing is missing. She left the work she was doing, left everything. She came back home. She went to meet my dad. She's like, my son is missing. Are you are sitting like this. Nah. <laughs> she took him up. She tied something and said, I went on the street. and started shouting. If you have my child, bring my child in. She was screaming and screaming. Before you know it, the entire you know, street, everybody gathered around, and everybody started shouting. Uh, searching for him. Wow. Search. Everybody was searching for him. Wow. And then somebody while we were searching all over the street looking for him and all that, somebody just came. What are you looking for? Ah. Huh? He said, "This boy." Oh, he said, "Oh, wow. Go check uh, Radio Lagos. That's, and Lagos Television. That he was already on Lagos Television. That somebody took him there. Wow. So they went to him and we checked reception television and we saw my brother there." They were making the announcement that if you lost a child, you know, <laughs> come to Radio Lagos. Like, oh my goodness. I, I did joke with him till t- today <laughs> about it. What, what happened when he got but, home? get you know did but, he had a dating, yeah, what? Did, did, did he get a beating when he got home? No, no, <laughs> no. Nah. Everybody welcomed him home like you know it <laughs> <he> was special. <laughs> but you know, recently, you know, he's been going to that radio station. They've been interviewing him now that he's an adult <laughs> as an expert. I was like, you know, that's the radio station that like you were lost. That means you ah, where you're that's where you're now appearing as an expert right now but it, I use that to illustrate that a lot of people don't know the way God feels about those who are outside who don't know him yes. he can't concentrate just on all the things that you know where he's thinking about that everything he's doing in our life so that we can win other people to him yes. that's the way he feels that's what all those parables of Jesus the lost ship, the lost coin and the prodigal son. Was about. It was about a father who was seeking for things compassion, people that were lost. His children that were lost. And the joy that comes in heaven whenever one of them is found. Amen. So right now, this is the month for Easter. Amen. Amen. Where we talk about what Jesus did on the cross. It's an opportunity for us to bring people. Into the kingdom. Mm-hmm. The Easter event that we're having mm-hmm. is an opportunity to seek for people. You know, that was we have to put some urgency. Some yes. some of us are behaving like my dad. But we need to get my mom's energy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you get my what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> my mom's energy upon us. I say, Why are you sitting there when my son is lost? <laughs> Why are you sitting there when my son is lost? Get on the street! We're doing it right now. She <laughs> basically did that at a meeting the other day. You, you be, can't serve an outreach. You better be on your knees praying. Praying! <laughs> Amen! Why are you sitting down when my son is missing? That's the way we are behaving when it comes to the lost souls. Mm-hmm. We just go in our own convenience. We do all that. But I want you to realize that working in God's plans is mission. When you start, when you get involved in what is topmost in God's heart, it gets involved in all these other dimensions of your life Yes, Amen. yes. that's why those who seek souls the Bible says those who win souls are wise. are wise that's why the Bible says when you are constantly producing fruit and winning souls God will continue to prune you so that you can bring forth more fruit He will bring resources to you He will bring whatever you need to find these children that are missing Amen. so maybe what we need to do is just get off our butts like my mom made my dad do Amen. And start searching. Amen. And we'll find God's children. Whether it's in radio, you know, Moody or somewhere we'll find them. Amen. Will find them. Wherever they are, we'll find God's children. Amen. So that's it. So quick, let me let me wrap up. What what are some questions you need to ask yourself, you know, this month as we begin to go into the plan? So we say God's plan is magnificent. magnificent. You know, the, the first the the, the second question. sorry, the first question you need to ask yourself with that is that am I downplaying God's plan for me or I am, am I underestimating God's plans for me ask yourself that question and think if it is magnificent am I underestimating it am I always talking it down so ask yourself that question because you need to talk it up because God himself is talking it up take it up a notch mm-hmm. the plan of God for you is great yeah. it's beautiful it's amazing great. take it up take it up okay give me what's the second one it's a what It's a magnification plan. So the question you have have to ask yourself is that, is that how am I worshipping God? How am I magnifying God with my life? Ask yourself that question. Do I live for God's glory or for my glory? Ask yourself that question. What's the next one? It's a what? It's a mutual Mutual plan. plan. Ask yourself this question. Which family has God planted me in? Which family has God planted me in? And how am I interacting with that family? <laughs> Why are you shaking? <laughs> Welcome to the <laughs> <planted my> family. Part of family. And how am I relating with that family? Yes. It starts with your natural family, but also your spiritual family. Yes, yes. God orchestrates our lives and we don't just get anywhere by accident. How am I? Ask yourself that question. The next one. What's the next one? Maturity. It's a maturity plan. Ask yourself this question. What, what is in my life right now that is, that is supposed to contribute to my growth? What's in my life right now that I face right now that is supposed to contribute to my growth. But sometimes I look at it as if it's going to destroy me. Hmm. Ask yourself that question. And then, what's the next one? Ministry. ministry. It's yeah. a ministry plan. Ask yourself this question. What is my unique gift and service? And am I using it to serve the body? What is my unique gift of service? Am I using it to serve the body? Or am I keeping it to myself? Uh, yeah. And then the final one is a missional plan. plan. Ask yourself this question When was the last time I won a soul for the Lord? Oh, wow. When was the last time wow. I won a soul for the Lord? Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Globe Podcast we trust you were blessed and inspired for more contents from dr land visit our website at www.pastorland.com and follow at pastor land on instagram twitter and facebook keep glowing see you next time